1: Giants fans and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we're coming to you on Monday, August 1st, as the New York Giants get ready to host to hold their first padded practice of 2022 training camp. We've seen four practices so far, either in uh just shorts and t-shirts or with, uh, with shells added, you know, mostly in practices that looked a lot like OTAs in the spring. Uh, so intensity gets, uh, gets turned up a notch today and, uh, here to, to help me, uh, figure out what uh what we've seen so far talk about what we've seen so far and what we might see this week is patricia trainer of giants country and the locked on giants podcast patty how you doing
2: doing great ed we made it through the first week of training camp it was a hot week for most of the week but back for week number two
1: yes we did we made it and and the Giants made it through four practices with as far as we can see no major injuries, which is knock on you know, wood. Cross cross your fingers, knock on wood. So far, so good on, on that front. And and Patty, let's uh let, let's talk about some of the storylines, I guess, that have developed over the over the first four days of camp. Um <clears throat> you know, and and the first storyline, of course, has to be the offense. Now, everyone is excited about this offense because this is not the Joe Judge, Jason Garrett offense. This is not, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and a quarterback sneak from the two yard line and, and, and a stick route passes for imagination. You know, this is, This is a lot of motion, a lot of movement, a lot of variation in where players are aligned. We see times with Saquon Barkley lined up out wide with a wide receiver like Wandale Robinson in the backfield. We see a lot of things. But behind all of that excitement, if all of that motion and everything else is going to work, there has to be execution. And just your thoughts on, on what we have actually seen, you know, from how that passing game functions or has functioned so far
2: right now. Ed, it's a, it's a work in progress. As you mentioned, it's brand new. It's kind of like, um, how can I put this? It's like, you've been eating vanilla ice cream all your life. And now all of a sudden you open up your freezer and you have all different flavors. And it's like, oh my gosh, where do I start? You know, you got to get used to different flavors. So, you know, you're right. You've seen a lot of stuff with pre-snap motion, which is beyond designed to help the quarterback determine what the defense is planning to do. It's designed to confuse the defense, but you on offense have to know what you're doing because it's very easy for you to get confused. And we've seen a lack of crispness on the, uh, in the passing game and how much of that is on the quarterback versus how much of that is the receivers, you know, oh, I should have run this instead of that. Um, There's decisions that need to be made. And right now I think the offense has been playing a little slower than the defense. And that's, that's understandable. I mean, we see that every year in training camp, especially at the start. And it's just matter of, you know, getting a feel for it, getting used to it. You're right. We've seen different concepts with the, with, you know, Saquon Barkley lining up in the slot. We've seen flood concepts where they're just flooding one side of the field, running fake jet sweeps, uh, just all kinds of stuff we never saw in the last few years and it's going to pay off once it comes together. And it's interesting because coach Dable made a comment. um, I think it was Friday, might've been Friday or Saturday. I forget which day it was, but he said, you know, sometimes I got to remember that we're just starting out. We are in year one of this system. And whereas where I'm thinking, we're in year three, year four. So there's excitement for sure. And I think when it all comes together, it's going to be beautiful to watch, but it's, it's a work in progress for sure.
1: Right, I think Dave Ball said you know i I sometimes think I'm in year five because yeah. he was in Buffalo for a certain number of years and 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 for him it's for him it's 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 not necessarily starting over, but it really is and and you know, I'm reminded when I look at this offense and when I look at wide receivers talking about having options and they might be they might be told, okay this is the spot you need to get to, but instead of just, you know, running exactly the route as it's drawn on paper, they may have options on how to get there. I mean, they may have an option sometimes to break the route in one direction or another, you know, but I'm reminded of the Kevin Gilbride offense. Mm -hmm. And I'm reminded of the fact that I think back in the day, you know, In a Kevin Gilbride offense, a wide receiver would generally go out there and he might have as many as four different options based on the coverage that he read, the leverage of the defender and Eli Manning and the wide receivers had to read the same things. And and what I remember is that if you remember watching Kevin Gilbride offenses, they didn't always look crisp. They didn't always look well oiled. There were times when when mistakes happened. There were times when when they just would go long stretches of time and and get nothing done. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of big plays would would happen. A couple of big drives would happen. Um, you know, they they they'd make a few things happen. And, and that's a little bit of what I'm reminded of right now. These guys are. These guys are, are, it's going to take time for them to get on the same page.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a work in progress. They've only been at it since the spring. They only had so many practices in the spring. You know, we're four practices in as we, as we record this. I mean, you're not going to see a, a polished product probably for a while. What you want to see is you want to see progress made. You want to see them getting a little bit better every day. You want to see the mistakes being cut down. I mean, we can look back and we can say, you know, at at this past week and say, oh, Daniel Jones didn't look sharp. And some people have said that, but how much of that was actually on Daniel versus how much of that was maybe a receiver, not reading things the same way Daniel was reading it. I mean, we don't know the answer to that. So I'm inclined to kind of, you know, give the benefit of the doubt at this stage, because you want to see some of these mistakes that were made, regardless of who made them last week, you want to see them start to, to go away and you know see more plays I mean I think we saw a lot of good things from the offense last last week Um, I want to see more good things from them and fewer bad things this coming week
1: absolutely I mean the reality of it is we've seen some hesitation we've seen some interceptions we've seen some you know some throws that look errant but as you said are those because the ball's going to the wrong place? Are those simply because they're learning, you know, they're still learning the offense and learning the timing and they don't have that yet. Um I, you know, as, as Brian Dable likes to say, you know, let's all not be instant evaluators. Let's, let's give guys a, a chance to, to go through camp and, and, and see how things develop. But, but you do need to see, you do need to see better than what we've seen the first few days.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Not that that stopped any of us from being instant evaluators, by the way, but you know, no, no. what 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 fun why, would that be? Right.
1: Why, why, why would it Patty? Exactly. Why would it, who, exactly. who, who, who would, who would read our sites, who would listen to our shows?
2: Well, I would think they'd want to listen to us because we're so
1: cute. <laughs> <sighs> Patty. Oh, dear Lord. Uh or know. one for
2: me, folks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Patty, thought. Uh, let, let's do this. You know, we're talking about the offense. Um, you know, we're we're talking about Daniel Jones a little bit. You know, Daniel Jones coming off the neck injury, all of that. Just what does Daniel Jones look like to you? Does he look fine to you? Does he look like, you know, like, like the Daniel Jones that we know?
2: Well, I don't think we know. Who Daniel Jones is, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, Um, we
1: we sort of know that he's kind of that he's a milk toast guy and doesn't give us a whole lot, but yeah, yeah. But let's just let's how does he look to you at this point?
2: He looks like a guy who's still kind of feeling his way around a little bit in this offense. You know, he's I think if people are trying to to see the next Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, they're gonna be disappointed because Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, two very different people. I think if people are looking for a little bit of Patrick Mahomes to develop in Daniel Jones, you're going to be disappointed because there is no other Patrick Mahomes in in the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of being a human. We are all unique. Um, But when I watch Daniel Jones, I see a guy who he's confident. He doesn't let mistakes get him down. I mean, some guys, you know, Brian Dable talked about how guys respond when, when a mistake is made or the play just isn't there for them and how they can basically let it eat them up. And some guys just shake it off and say, okay, you know what? I've got another play to to get to, and I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to be better. That's what we see in Daniel Jones. That's what we've always seen in Daniel Jones. Um, The decision-making, not as fast as it was in the springtime. I thought he was a little quicker with making decisions in the springtime um, that could be because they were just putting stuff in and it was basic. And now they're, you know, as opposed to level one-on-one, maybe now they're up to level 301. you know, it's hard to say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, um, you want him to, to get gradually better. You know, it, there's been times when he's thrown the ball and you're like, dude, where are you throwing it? You know, what are you right. seeing? Um, so, you know, the jury's still out on him right now.
1: Yeah. And, and I keep, I keep saying, you know. Somebody needs to hold up a big flash card on the sideline and say number 30 plays defense. <laughs> you know, number 30, which is Darnay Holmes, plays hey, defense. Gotta give Darnay Holmes some
2: credit, man. I mean, this is a kid. Everybody, everybody's been trying to run out of town, it seems, and he just keeps fighting back. I like that.
1: I do too. Patty, before we move to defense, um, let's let's look at something on, on offense that you've noticed, you know, whether it's a personnel, whether it's a player, um, you know, someone who has impressed you or something that's impressed you in a good way on offense so far in camp.
2: Well, the obvious answer would be the receivers like uh, Richie James and CJ board, but you know, I'll, I'll give you one that I don't think we talked about on my show that we did. And I've written his name a few times. I've kind of liked what I've seen from Matt Breida, the backup running back. And I don't know that we can actually call Matt Breida a backup. And I say that because I have a feeling we're going to see a number of alignments in which he's going to be very much a part of it, along with Saquon Barkley. I don't think we're going to see the old, you know, oh, we'll give Barkley two series and then send Breida in every third series to give Barkley a a blow. I don't think that's going to be the case with this offense. But I thought Brita has run well. Um, especially on outside runs, um, we haven't seen him, you know, up the middle yet. So that's that's going to be a big test. But I just think he's been kind of underrated so far in this offense, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does when the pads go on and they start pounding it up the middle. Um, which, you know, I think we can agree maybe isn't quite a Saquon strength, but maybe Breida could be that that guy who can take the ball and pound the rock up the middle.
1: All right. And one thing, Patty, one thing that, that has, uh, that you've looked at in a negative light so far on offense or something that has bothered you through the first four practices,
2: the backup center situation. I mean, look again, they haven't been in pads. I get that, but snapping the ball is elementary and we have seen a lot of poor snaps and I'm sorry. One bad snap is one bad snap too many. And, um, we have talked about this, Ed, you and I on the sidelines. Um, the Giants don't have a true center. And by that, I mean every guy they've got who has taken snaps at center is basically been a guard for most of his career. They also don't have a guy who is signed beyond this year. I mean, unless you want to say Shane Lemieux, who got some snaps at center on Saturday, center is a problem as I see it. Because, look, again, I get it. The guys, the, the pads aren't on um, it's orchestrating the, the, the line calls, but the basic part of playing center is snapping the ball. And we're, we we saw short hops. We saw balls going over the quarterback's head that um, this you bobble that snap, you botch that up. And guess what? You've just given the defense an added advantage to get to you and, and blow up the play. And and that to me is I think my, one of my biggest concerns with this offense that I've seen so far.
1: You know, you know what else happens when you have bad snaps too, Patty, is you open up your quarterback to getting hurt.
2: Exactly. There, exactly. there, was,
1: one, there was one snap the other day that, that was dribbled to Daniel Jones. And, and I don't know who the edge defender was who came flying off the side, but Daniel was sitting there fumbling around trying to pick up the ball and I know that in a game situation, that that player had a clear shot at the quarterback. I think and that, it was Thibodeau. It might have been Thibodeau. I think it but, was him. But but I was looking at that thinking in a, in a game situation that could have been bad. So yeah. so yeah, I I definitely agree with you there that 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 backup center backup center is is an issue. I mean, cross your fingers and hope that you don't need one. Right but i think we've seen that that you know quite you, you need quality backup players pretty much everywhere
2: and it's and it's a position that for whatever reason they really didn't address i mean they tried to address it with guys who have done it in their careers but i would feel a lot better if they had a guy who has done it going back to college and isn't necessarily you know a converted guard Who is now trying to learn a position? I get it, you have to be versatile, you have to be able to play multiple positions in today's NFL. But you know, some guys are always gonna be naturally better at one position versus the others.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
1: All right, Patty, let's uh let's turn our attention to uh to the defensive side of the ball. And uh let's just start with uh, you know four days. We obviously haven't seen pads, we obviously haven't seen everything. Uh just some generic impressions or generic thoughts on uh on the Giants defensively through the first four days.
2: All I can say is my gosh, <laughs> I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. Wink Martindale told us in the spring, we are going to dictate to the offense. We are not going to be reactive. We are going to be proactive. And I have seen some creative looks with, you know, where you have two down linemen, for example, and then maybe you have a, a, a defensive backup on the line. You've seen blitzes where they have overloaded one side. You know, there was one play I, I where they got a, a legitimate pressure, I thought, where they sent, um, I think it was a safety and a cornerback. They sent them an, on one side and just overloaded the uh, offensive tackle. It was the weak side of the formation. So Wink Martindale is bringing the heat. I mean, he's not playing around. Um, they're, they're moving guys around. And you know, I also thought it was interesting that Xavier McKinney is now, quote unquote, the quarterback of the defense. Um, it tells a lot about, maybe what Wink Martindale is going to be doing with personnel. Uh, I mentioned, you know, we saw some defensive backs come up on the line and in, in some formations and whatnot, you almost get the impression that maybe the inside linebacker spot isn't going to be an every down type of spot for the giants that you're going to see more defensive backs because it gives you more flexibility. It gives you the ability, you know, you've got guys in coverage and you've got guys who presumably can handle the run defense. So just real, you know, a lot of creative, uh, concepts by wink. Um, you know, we talk about the offense being so creative, but the defense has been creative and the defense, they are coming for you. I mean, they're, they, they're not stopping. And, um, it's about time you, you had that because, you know, you talk about different levels of aggressiveness when you talk about a defense, this is a whole nother level from what we have seen the last two years with Patrick Graham.
1: Absolutely. Patty, let's, uh, you know, let's talk about some of the people on this defense. Let's talk first of all about Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, obviously, we haven't seen pads. We haven't seen, you know, the ability for for the edge guys to to quote unquote turn it loose. We haven't seen the ability for the offensive guys to to block with full physicality either. But I can't really, at this point after four days, I can't evaluate performance, but you know what I, what I have been impressed by about Kayvon Thibodeau is simply the way that he has worked. Mm. We saw in the spring that he's a big personality. We've heard him talk. We all, you know, we all we all saw his combine interviews. We 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 know his background. In the four days of practice so far, Kayvon Thibodeau has been very quiet. He has just done his work. And I'll be really honest with you. I've been impressed by that. Even, even Evan Neal said the other day, Thibodeau doesn't chirp, he just works. Yeah. And and I don't know about you, but but for me, I take that as a very positive sign.
2: Absolutely. I mean, how many times have we seen it, Ed? We've seen rookies come in who were, you know, big big shots in college, and they come in and they mm-hmm. think they're going to be big shots before they ever set foot on, on a regular, you know, on a gridiron in a regular season game. Kayvon Thibodeau has been the opposite of that. He's come in, he's put his head down, he's gotten to work. He he missed, you know, most of the spring because of that injury that he had. So he's maybe a little bit behind. He's trying to get caught up. And that's admirable. That shows maturity. You know, you can you can sit there and you can chirp if you got the goods to back it up. He right now at the NFL level doesn't have the goods to back it up. In time it'll come. And I like that he has put his his head down. He's working, he's, you know, listening to his coaches, his teammates. He's trying to get himself better. Um, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to have a solid season, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, he's not standing up there saying, Oh, I'm going to be the rookie of the year, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. No, just focus on each day, getting better and just contributing to the greater thing. This isn't the Kayvon Thibodeau show. This is the New York Giants show. He knows that. And I, I tip my hat to him because we've seen guys come in here with big personalities that have tried to take over and it doesn't work.
1: Patty, I want to ask you your thoughts on another one of the Giants' young edge rushers, guy who I think had a really, really good, you know, first two days of practice, and at least, and and that's that's Ellerson Smith, a guy who didn't have a training camp at all last year, didn't really practice, didn't actually didn't practice at all until week six of last year because he, you know, he was on he was on IR, I believe the first half of the season um just your thoughts on on what you maybe have seen from ellerson smith so far and, and whether you think he could you know maybe push somebody like quincy roche or or someone for you know for for some some rotational snaps on defense
2: yeah um ellerson smith i think what we have to remember <coughs> excuse me i think what we have to remember with him is When he came out of college, his final year of college, his final college season was canceled because of the pandemic. So he comes to the Giants and he gets injured and doesn't really get a whole lot of work on the field. So basically, he went over two years without really playing consistent football. So what does he do? He comes in in the offseason, and I don't know if you noticed that, but he looks like he's added some bulk, especially in the upper part of his body. Um, Looks quick. Patty, i I was
1: just gonna say i stood next to him the other day and you know i'm i'm i'll be 62 years old in a few in a few days and i'll be honest i'm not as tall as i used to be but he is like looking up at a massive redwood
2: you know (laughs) he's six seven (laughs) i would hope so (laughs) but you know just just again i mean you could tell he really put the time in in the offseason to reshape his body, to get stronger, which he needed to do. Um, and you're right. He, he, he has gotten first team reps, you know, Aziz Larry has been sidelined. He's on the NFI list with the hamstring and, um, even going back to, to the spring, when, when Thibodeau was sidelined with his injury, you saw Ellerson Smith getting those reps, a lot of those reps, um, that might've gone to Thibodeau. So, um, so yeah, this is a kid who's who's been taking advantage of of the opportunities. Now, again, the big thing for me is how is he going to hold up against a run? I think, you know, is is he going to be able to shed blockers? Um but from a pass rushing perspective, been very impressed by what he has shown. He could potentially cut into some of Quincy Roches' uh snaps. Um Quincy Rocher so far has been kind of quiet in that regard, you know, it's early, but he's he's been quiet, but, uh, I think the guy that's going to have to, you know, hope for a miracle might be O'Shane Zimenez at this point, but, uh, Ellerson Smith, you know, I think he is on a a good track to become, you know, like a, a, a solid third edge rusher. And you look back at, and I say this all the time, the 2011 giants to 2007 giants were at least three deep on edge rushers. We can't say that about the Giants of the last few years. They've been maybe one deep, two deep, if that much. But when there's an injury and and you don't have at least three deep, you you are playing at a disadvantage. I don't care what defense you run. You need at least three solid pass rushers. Ernie, of course, he used to say you you never have too many pass rushers. Now the Giants have a lot of pass rushers that are very intriguing, and Ellerson Smith is definitely one of them.
1: All right, Patty we can't really judge interior line play so i'm not really going to ask you about interior line guys other than you know we talked about those two edge guys we can see, you know we've been able to see a little bit of them but one more guy i wanted to ask you about just an initial impression of of what have you seen from aaron robinson the first 4 days other than the fact that it's pretty darn obvious that he can't wait to hit somebody
2: Oh, yeah. Physical (laughs) guy. Absolutely. Aaron Robinson is playing like a man possessed. And I mean that in a good way. He is competitive. He's determined not to be beaten by a receiver. Maybe he's a little too aggressive, you know, considering that it was it was, you know, no Mm -hmm. pads and no live contact were allowed. And I think a couple of times he might have even gotten an earful from the coach because of that. But I like what I have seen from him. I've seen him take good angles. I've seen him, you know, not get fooled on on by by the offense and what they're doing. Um, he's been patient back there. Just a lot to like about what Aaron Robinson has shown. He, of course, is you know competing to replace uh, well, not replace, but fill that vacancy that was created by James Bradbury being cut. I like. The combination of, of dory jackson and aaron robinson as the outside cornerbacks um you know people always ask me oh are you still worried about the cornerback situation the more i see of aaron robinson the less i'm worried about that particular spot the more i've been seeing of da- darnay holmes the less concerned i've been coming uh, about that spot i'd like to see some of the depth kind of you know really step up and totally wipe out any concerns i might have about the cornerback spot but Safe to say I feel a lot better about it now than I did maybe going back to the spring.
1: Yeah, Aaron Robinson, I mean, none of that is to say that that he's a shutdown guy and he's right. not occasionally giving up completions, but but what you can say is that even when he does give up completions, he's competitive. He's fighting for the ball. He's you know, he's fighting to make the stop. Um, you know, the 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 play that Kadarius Tony made on the first day of uh the first day of, of of training camp, beautiful twisting, one-handed catch. But Aaron Robinson was right there.
2: Mm-hmm. And if
1: you notice, Aaron Robinson had his hands up in the air, like I'm not gonna hit you, I'm not, you know, whatever, because but I can't imagine what Aaron Robinson might have done to him in a game situation.
2: You get the feeling that Aaron Robinson isn't going to allow a lot of yak yards after catch.
1: No, he's, he's going to hit people and, and, yeah. and you, and you have to like that. All right, Patty, we are, uh, we are headed to a week full of padded practices. I mean, I'm not every day, obviously, but beginning on, on Monday. And that, that changes so much of the equation. Um, Just, you know, probably three padded practices this week. Um, what are you hoping to see from the giants? What are you hoping to see them accomplish in all of that, uh, quote unquote, real football kind of work?
2: Well, I definitely want to watch the pit battle, you know, the offensive line, we've been wondering better or different. And there's, there are hints that it's going to be better, but we've also had them in the past and only to be fooled. So I think the interior offensive line play is going to be big. Um, I want to see that. I want to see the physicality of the cornerbacks. You know, we mentioned Aaron Robinson's just waiting to hit somebody. And, you know, is he going to maybe start limiting some of these bigger gains that the receivers have been able to pick up because, you know, they basically have had free releases and free reign. I want to see the tight end blocking. You know, we haven't talked about the tight ends too much, but that's going to be, you know, how are they going to be deployed? Beyond, you know, receivers, uh, the running game, we'll get to see Saquon Barkley finally, you know, carry the rock, really, you know, deal with some resistance because there'll really live contact allowed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I think the biggest storyline, if I had to, you know, prioritize them, I would say probably the offensive line. And in particular, um, you know, I'm going to say the interior line, but also you're going to watch and see the pair of bookend tackles as Andrew Thomas ready to take that next step. How is Evan Neal coming along? You know, so, so that offensive line is probably going to be the number one story that I think a lot of people are going to be focusing on.
1: Just a quick note on the offensive line, Patty. I think it's been very encouraging after being very, after being very, very limited in the spring, Andrew Thomas has been a full go every day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They had a plan for him. Yeah. They had a plan for him as well as with all the injured players and, you know sometimes you you just you want to get out there and you want to go 100 miles a minute and when you're coming off injury you got to take it slow and i i i have to say you know everybody talks about you know the giants injuries and i hope i'm not jinxing this, this team but so far the way they've handled these guys coming back off of injuries they haven't had any setbacks that we know of and let's hope it stays that way because right. the last thing you want is to to go out starting this week. And now all of a sudden the injury list is starting to grow. When you see guys on the bike or, you know, missing chunks of time for whatever the reason. So I'm cautiously optimistic in that regard.
1: You and me both Patty, there's, there are going, going to be bumps and bruises and you know, there's, they're, they're in pads and, and, and it's football. So we'll see more guys on the sideline, but you're right. Absolutely. So far, so far it's been good. Guys have been working and, uh, You know, Giants got through their first week with, with no big injuries, nobody sidelined. And uh, there's a lot of NFL teams that can't say the same thing. Exactly. All right, Patty, I'll see you out on the field on, uh, on Monday morning, Giants fans. uh, Thank you as always for, uh, for listening to the show. If uh, if you guys ever get tired of, of content at Big Blue View, you can check out Patty's site at Giants Country. You can check out her work on the Lockdown Giants podcast, and uh, you you know, of course, uh, you know, follow us on 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 Twitter at Big Blue View. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Like uh, like and subscribe to to our podcast. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why, Why
2: did I get CC'd on? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder.